0: Bible with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and as you're turning, let's pray one more time, and let's lay our hands on our heart and ask God just to speak to us one more time. Father, tonight, we pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit, not only, Lord, to receive, but, Lord, I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to be able to impart truth today as we look to your Word. Lord, let your Word bring forth much fruit in our life. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. How many of you have it memorized by now? You should. Thank you. Thank you, a few of you. It's the, it's the great indicator of the new identity we have. And I want you to look at it again as we're, we're finishing up this series, about a six-week series on who are you, discovering your true identity in Christ. You see, you are not what sin made you to be. You see, you were born in sin. How many of you realize that? Sin corrupted our identity. And so that's what the cross is all about. And that's what Jesus has come to do is to help us rediscover our identity in Christ. I'm going to do some review because we've been reviewing a lot. I don't want you to lose focus on what all we've been talking about. And as you can see in just a few moments, we're going to jump back in to the reality that we are ambassadors for Christ. But 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone... Look at your neighbor and say, that means you. That, mean you? that is, here's the, here's the condition. If anyone is what? In Christ. in Christ. Look around and tell somebody that's where we need to find ourselves, in Christ. In Christ. In Christ. Say it, in Christ. in Christ. Not in sin, In Christ. In Christ not in the world, in Christ. That's where our new identity is found. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? A new creation. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, we're new creations in Christ. A, creation. a whole new species of being. That's what it means. We're in Christ. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Now, the quandary is, I don't know if you know what a quandary, uh, the quandary is a lot of Christians say, oh, you know, I'm a Christian and I know Jesus lives in my heart, but it doesn't seem like oh, these old things are passing away. It doesn't seem like all things are becoming new. Well, there's a two, two kind of uh, parts to this being in Christ. In fact, Jesus said it this way in John 15, 5. He said, I'm the vine, and what are we? You are the, we're the branches. He that abides in me and I in him. You see that? He who abides in in me there's in Christ and I in him. In other words, just because Jesus lives in your heart does not mean you're really abiding in Christ. You got it? If you got it. And so that's what we're endeavoring to learn and impart to you these past 6 weeks is really the reality is if we'll get fixed in Christ. That word in means fixed position. We get fixed in Christ Anyone is fixed in Christ He's a new creation Old things are passed away Behold, all things become new We have a new identity in Christ That's the whole focus of what we've been talking about In fact, when you look in the scriptures and Especially in the King James You'll find at least 76 different direct references to To our position in Christ Fixed in Him I in Him and He in me In fact, what did Jesus say in John 15, 5? You'll bear much fruit. That's what it's all about, being productive for God, amen? You know, God just doesn't want us here taking up space. He wants us to bear what? Much fruit. Everyone say much fruit. He wants us to be productive for him. And then Jesus went on to say in John 15, 5, but apart from me, you can do nothing. If you're not fixed and established in me, if, you're all, if, we're, if, we're, if we're not walking in Christ, Christ in us and us in him, we, we can't be productive for him. So, so it's so important to catch this verse and begin to embrace it. We'll look back at some other verses in chapter 5 in a few moments, but let me quickly go over where we've been. In our new identity in Christ, we learn we're sons and daughters of God. Amen. That ought to change the way we live life when we realize I'm a child of God. I've been adopted into the family of God. God loved me enough to choose me. Amen. Even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, the Bible says God gave us life. In fact, Paul said in Galatians 3, 26, he said, but we are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, faith in Christ Jesus. How many of you know you couldn't be good enough to become a child of God? It's just through faith in Christ Jesus and what he's done for you. Then we learned that, that we're not only sons of God, but we're saints of God. All the saints smile and say, amen. Amen. You know, some people think, well, I'm not a saint. you got to go through a lot of religious training to be a saint. No, you just get born again, and according to the Word of God, and you read the writings of Paul, he called uh, everyone who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and put their trust in him uh, saints, separated unto God for a special purpose. In fact, even the Corinthian church, how many of you know the Corinthian church that we're looking at? They had some issues. But when he addressed the Corinthian church, he said those who were sanctified in Christ called to be saints. All the saints say amen. We're saints and then we we looked at the reality in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that we're members of the body of Christ. In fact, other places, it's not what you're attaining to be, it's what you are. See, that's what we need to understand. We're not we're not trying to attain to be sons and daughters of God. That's who we are. That's our identity in Christ. We're not trying to attain to sainthood. No, that's who we are in Christ Jesus. We're not trying to become good members in the, in the family of God. Well, hey, we are members, and yes, we should try to be better members, but we are members of the body of Christ, individually members of one another. And so we draw life from each other. We can't, hey, apart from Christ and apart from one another, we can do nothing. That's who we are. And then we've been focusing for the last two or three weeks on the fact that we are ambassadors for Christ. And that's in verse 20 of this same chapter. Look at this. After he's, Let me just read verse 18 and 19 because that puts it all together. You know, verse 17, uh, Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Look in verse 18. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given to us the what? The ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us, that is you and me, the word of reconciliation. What a powerful revelation for us to embrace that we have the word of reconciliation, and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. Thank God for what he did on Calvary's cross. Amen. Because of that, we're right with God, we're reconciled. And then verse 20, he says, now then, or you could say, and because of that, now then we are what? Ambassadors Ambassadors for Christ. Not we're attaining to be ambassadors for Christ, not that we're working towards being an ambassador for Christ, that's who we are, that's our identity in Christ. Are you catching it? And the word ambassador just means a representative, a delegated authority, a representative. And some people say, nah, no, no, nah, I'm not an ambassador. I love the Lord and I love Jesus, but no, that's for the evangelist. No, wait a minute. We, you are, that's who we are ambassadors for Christ. Everyone who's a new creation in Christ Jesus, who has received the ministry of reconciliation, been reconciled to God, hey, The next thing, we're ambassadors for Christ. We're his representatives. And, and, you know, you may not be, we may not be a good one, but we are nonetheless. In fact, Proverbs says this, a wicked messenger falls into trouble, but a faithful ambassador brings health. You see, that's what God wants to do through you as an ambassador. He wants you to bring the health and the healing of the gospel to a world that is without Christ. That's the call of God on our life. That's who we are in Him. Amen. We looked at the fact that as ambassadors, we have authority. We have authority from God. Amen. Authority over the devil, but really a great commission authority. An authority to stand uh, as His representative. And look look what it says. Uh, it says in verse... Uh, um, uh, it says, As though God were pleading through us. Yes, verse 20. As though God were pleading through through us we implore you to be reconciled to god see that's what god is doing wants to do through us god pleading through us to a world that is lost without christ to bring them health and healing and so all the ambassadors said amen we have authority over the devil we have authority to stand up in the great commission and then we looked at the ambassador's attitude, and we won't go through there much, but how many of you know you got to carry the right attitude if you want to get the right altitude and be able to fulfill God's purpose for your life? You can't be a sourpuss for Jesus. You can't be a you know, a cranky person for Jesus. You know, Come on, you got to have the life of God in you and the, and the vision of God in you and have the right attitude to be able to do what God's called you to do. We looked at Paul, man, he, was, he had the attitude to live as Christ, to die as gang. Come on, I fought a good, Fight, I've kept the faith, I've finished my race, therefore there's laid up for me a crown of rejoicing. Come on, he had the right attitude. We've got to get that too. We've got to realize, hey, you know, the, the the shortest amount of time we'll ever live anywhere is planet Earth. And so we've got to do our best for him. So as an ambassador, we have authority. We've got to have the right attitude. And tonight, and then Sunday, we're going to look at the ambassador's advantage. You say as an ambassador for Christ, you have a great advantage. Over the world, over the flesh, over the devil. And let me begin to introduce it to you tonight and what we have as the advantage the, over this world and over the enemy. Look in chapter 5, verse 5. 2 Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 5. I want you to look at it in your Bible, not just plan on looking at it on the screen, but find it in your Bible. Look what he says. It says this Now he who has prepared us. For this very thing is God. Now, the very thing he's talking about is heaven and eternity. In other words, we have he's prepared us for eternity. He says, Now, he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit, big S, as a guarantee. God has given us the Holy Spirit as a guarantee. Now, Uh, Let me just build a little bit here, and then I'm going to show you a verse in in John 16 that says, uh, when we have the Holy Spirit, we have the advantage. But Let me build a little here. Are you in that verse? Do you see that? Now, this is an important word for us to understand. Everyone say guarantee. 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 Now, have you ever uh, purchased something that required a down payment? Have you ever purchased something or you thought, hmm, I'm going to purchase this, but they said probably a house or something along this line. They said, well, we, you need to give us some earnest money. You need to give us something that will guarantee that you are serious about the purchase of this property. Do you understand that? That's what this word is. That God looked down from heaven and he, he produced a methodology and a way For us to be right with him and to be able to go to heaven and prepare us for eternity with him. And he says, and he's given us the Holy Spirit as the down payment for our future eternity with him. You get the picture. Now that's an important thing to understand. Because how many of you know God keeps his promises? And the influence of the Holy Spirit in our life. What an advantage we have in knowing that Jesus Christ or pardon me, that God Almighty provided us, the Holy Spirit living and abiding in our heart, as a down payment, if you will, as a, as a uh, 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 security deposit to guarantee for us our eternity with Him. How many of you know the influence and the power of the Holy Spirit moving through your life? is a validator for where you're headed in eternity. Amen? And so even as an ambassador for Christ, knowing, hey, I've got the Holy Spirit. I don't have to concern myself about eternity. I've already got the down payment. How many of you catch that a little bit? In fact, it's interesting to know this word guarantee. Paul only uses it in two places, or, or two, with two churches, in, to the Corinthians and to the Ephesians, uh, he uses this word. And I really, when you study the Corinthian church, they were—it was a trading hub, it was a financial hub. And man, they understood money. They understood earnest money. They understood down payment. You know, for example, if someone was going to order a thousand bushels of something from another country, how many of you know they're not going to, uh, uh, you know, go all the way across the the, the Mediterranean and get it and bring it back and get. go, oh, no, uh, I decided I didn't want to. How many of you know the Corinthian church understood down payment? They understood guarantee. And so Paul uses some words that really work for this church. They understood financial terms. And he said, let me tell you something. I have given you the Holy Spirit in your life, and it's the guarantee. It's the down payment for your eternal security in Christ. So don't sweat the small stuff. You got it? Amen. Everybody say, don't sweat the small stuff. So when you, when you experience the influence of the Holy Spirit in your life, and we're going to look, at, uh, at, we're look in Cor- all through Corinthians and look at where Paul referenced the Holy Spirit in just a few moments. But man, the, the, the joy of knowing that, that Jesus God is all in in our behalf. Jesus was all in on Calvary's cross, and he said, guess what? We're not in heaven yet. But I'm going to give you the power of the Holy Spirit moving through your life as an ambassador, to empower you and equip you, and let you know that hey, you're on your way to heaven from Beaumont, Texas. And all the all God's people said, "Amen." Amen. So thank God for the security deposit we have in the power of the Holy Spirit moving through our life. Now, uh, now turn to John chapter sixteen. John chapter sixteen. I hear those pages turning. John 16, Jesus, and really John 14, 15, and 16, I would encourage you to read these verses especially, and then into 17 where he's, Jesus is preparing to leave and he prays for us, but he's preparing his disciples for his departure. He's preparing them to become ambassadors. You get it? And so he begins to tell them about the Holy Spirit The advantage, in fact, oh gosh, I could go. You could go back to uh, John fourteen and look in verse twenty five and twenty six. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I said to you. So he's he's priming the pump. Everyone say priming the pump. He's getting them to a place of of understanding. Hey, I'm not going to be here, but guess what? I got I got you some guarantee. I'm going to send you some guarantee then everything's going to be okay. And look in chapter 16. He says this, oh gosh, in verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your what? Advantage that I go away. Now this blew the disciples' mind. I can just tell you right now, it blew their mind because they they put it all, they put it all on the line for him, and they're they're not quite understanding this this phrase right here. It's to your advantage that I go away. No, they're thinking no, he's going to come and build his kingdom here on earth, and we're going to be his sidekicks, and we're going to be somebody in the kingdom of God. They didn't get it. They, even when he was telling them about dying and being buried and resurrected, they didn't get it. They didn't get it till after it happened. And so this phrase didn't quite catch with them. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, that it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. Everyone say helper. helper. Now, understand the big context here. The context is Jesus is setting up a scenario to bring the whole world back into right relationship with him. You get it? He's building his church right now. He's putting the pieces together. He's saying, hey, you got to understand, If I'm out of the way, it's to your advantage. He said, for if I do not go away, the helper, speaking of the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. You get it? In fact, oh gosh, there's so much more I could say. Let me just, there's other, if you went back, oh gosh, uh, chapter 14, verse 15. He said... uh, Uh, If you love me, keep my commandments. I pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. And so understand something. Jesus knew for the world to be saved, for the world to be reconciled to God, the Holy Spirit had to come and make himself manifest not only to the disciples but through the disciples. You get it? And so... He said, if I go away, I'm going to send him to you. And we know in Acts chapter 1, he told them, go to Jerusalem and wait. I'm about to send you this helper the paraclete. In fact, the Greek helper is paraclete, the one brought alongside to help because understand something about being an ambassador for Christ. We can't do it without Him and we can't do it without His Holy Spirit in our life. He knew. That's why He told Him, go to Jerusalem, wait and and wait for the promise of the Father. Don't leave Jerusalem until you've got the power of the Holy Spirit. For when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. Oh, catch this, to be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Judea, Samaria, Beaumont, Texarkana, Sour Lake, China, Texas, Nederland. Or as some of them people down there say, Needlin. Have you heard anybody say that, Needlin? I'm from Needlin. Needlin. What is that? That sounds like something from a doctor. He's needling me. I don't know. But, hey, you'll receive power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. That's what you will do. You will be ambassadors for Christ. Wow. Now, that's the awesome part. In fact, if you look in, in this chapter 16, it's to your advantage. He says, for when he has come speaking of the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of sin. Now, this is big. Because an ambassador for Christ, who is out as though God were speaking through us, be reconciled to God. How many of you know, unless there's conviction in a man's heart, or a woman's heart, they're not going to be saved, right? But what Jesus said, let me tell you, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. He's going to help you. And... <laughs> And this is big because without the Holy Spirit, there's no conviction of sin. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin. Everybody go, man. You see, some of us think it's our job to make people sad and sorry that they're sinners. How many of you know that's the work of the Holy Spirit? When people realize, how many of you can come to a place where you remember the Holy Spirit convicted you? I'm a sinner and I'm lost. I'm without Christ. Who did that? The Holy Spirit the helper for the ambassadors. He convicts the world of sin. And so, wow, we've got got the goods now as ambassadors for Christ. That's the advantage. We've got the advantage. You see, you know, we've got the advantage over every religion, over every uh, 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 religious organization what do you mean? Hey, we've got the Holy Spirit that moves into the hearts of men and women and touches their hearts and convicts them and causes them to realize I'm lost and I need a Savior. Man, we could stop and go home right now because that, hey, without that, we're just spinning our spiritual wheel. But if you and I can embrace the Holy Spirit moving through our lives and embrace his responsibility in our lives as ambassadors and begin to say, ooh, he's gonna move through me, not just to me, but through me. One of the biggest problems in a lot of churches is people just think the Holy Spirit's here to move to me, come to me. No, he wants to move through you, not just to you. People say, oh, I need the Holy Spirit in my life. I need comfort, I need help, I need healing, I need hope, I need, I need this, I need that, I need this, I need that. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, I need all you have for me. It's all about me. And, you know, That's what little children do. Right? But as we grow and mature, we realize, ooh, the Holy Spirit's not here just to help me with all my needs and give me, ooh, thank you, Jesus. I had great church today. It was exciting to be a Christian in church. I feel his presence in my life. That's okay. But hey, an ambassador doesn't walk out into the world going, I just got the Holy Spirit on them. They walk out under the power of the Holy Spirit with the anointing of God in their life, the hand of God upon their life, the call of God, the authority of God on their life, and the power of the Holy Spirit who's going to move through them to convict the world of sin. I didn't know I was going to hang out there that long. But hey, that's an important thing to embrace. And so I want you to see that and begin to realize it. And here's the cool part. As an ambassador... By way of his Spirit, God supernaturally manifests himself, and we, access, uh, we have access into God's character and nature through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me show you this. As an ambassador, we have access into his omnipotence. Oh, there's the, there's the Holy Spirit's work. He convicts, guides, reveals, and glorifies God. That's John 16. But let's move ahead now. Hey, uh, we have access because we have the Holy Spirit in our life. We have access into, what is it? The omnipotence of God. Everyone say omnipotence. Omnipotence. Is that the next one? Just give me the next one. Yeah, it's omnipotence. Now, before we go any further, what is the omnipotence of God? Anybody want to tell me? Pardon me? Oh, He's all-powerful. Now, how many of you know God is all-powerful? Now, go back, if you're still in John, look in John. Let me show you this, verse 12. John 14, verse 12. Look what it says right here Most assuredly I say to you He who believes in me The works that I will do He will do also And greater works than these will he do Because I go to the Father And whatever you ask the Father in my name He will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son If you ask anything in my name I will do it And then he goes down to verse 17 Or 15, 16, and 17 Says I'm going to give you the helper And let me tell you something The Holy Spirit Christ in you The power of the Holy Spirit moving through you Is all-powerful there's omnip- How many of you believe God's all omnipotent? He's given us his spirit as a guarantee and a down payment. And the, the, the omnipotence of God is made manifest not just to us, but through us as ambassadors for Christ. In fact, I already quoted it. Acts 1, 8 and 9. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive what? Power. To be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. And so when we have the Holy Spirit, the helper, and think about this, you know, when Jesus was in the earth, where was, his, where was God's power manifest? Just where Jesus was. You get it? That's why Jesus said it's to your advantage that I go away. Because guess what? When I send the helper, guess what? You all become, I'm, now don't misunderstand me, we, we really are this, we become little Jesuses. His ambassadors throughout the whole world. You see, God was smart enough to realize that, no, the whole world needs Christ. How is Jesus going to be made manifest to the whole world? He's just Jesus. We're going to do it through the power of the Holy Spirit in in filling the church of God. And the omnipotence of God, the all-powerful nature of God is going to be made manifest not just to the church but through the church. Man, we see it happening in the first century church. Paul and, uh, you know, Peter's on his way to pray. They just, man, the church is born. They're, they're excited. Acts chapter 3, uh, the, the beggars by the road, silver and gold, have I none? Uh, Peter said to the beggar, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. And he picked him up and the power of God Flew through his legs, and he was supernaturally healed. I want to see what would life be like on planet Earth if the church, by the power of the Holy Spirit, embraced the omnipotence of God, moving not just to them, but through them? Amen. You see, because we have the Holy Spirit, the advantage, we have access To the omnipotence of God. But not only that, uh, we have access to the omnipresence of God. And we've talked about, I already mentioned it. What does it mean to be omnipresent? He's everywhere. You see tonight, He's everywhere. He's present and available everywhere. You see, tonight in Africa, in Haiti, all our missions field, everywhere uh, 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 we touch, and everywhere in the world where there is a Christian, The presence of God is there. And that's what John 14, 16 says, I'm going to be with you always. The Holy Spirit, pardon me, the Holy, he said, I'm going to send you the helper. And he will be with you always. He'll be with you wherever you go. And when you recognize you're an ambassador for Christ, and you receive the Holy Spirit into your life, and you begin to let him move through you, not just to you, guess what? He's with you everywhere you go. The manifest power, the omnipotence of God, and the presence of God is with you wherever you go. And as an ambassador, when you step out into the darkness of this world, you've got to know a couple of things. You've got to know who His power is more powerful than this darkness that I'm ministering to. And He is right here with me wherever I go. Amanda asked me, when you got off into those strange and unusual places around the world, did you realize that God didn't stay in Beaumont, did He? The Holy Spirit didn't stay. He's right here with that ought to, hey, what an advantage. We tap into the omnipotence of God. We tap into the omnipresence of God. And we tap into the omniscience of God. Oh, what is this one? Omniscience? Uh, uh, give me one more. His, we have access into His omniscience. Now, what is that? Anybody know what that is? The omniscience of God? Omniscience? God is what? All-knowing. He knows it all. What an advantage. (laughs) I'm getting pretty fired up about it. Well, Pastor, I don't know about this ambassadorship. I don't know, man. You you put me out there on the firing line and everything. And, man, what do you say? You got the Holy Spirit in you, He knows everything. Did you know he knows what's going on in people's lives? He's convicting them of their sin. He knows their sinners. He knows their weaknesses. We have, because we have the Holy Spirit in our life, this is the plan of God, to win the whole world for Christ. The church has access to the omnipotence of God, all powerful through the power of the Holy Spirit moving through them. We have access to the omnipresence of God. He goes with us everywhere we go by way of the Holy Spirit. He never leaves us. He's with us always, and we have access to the all-knowing, all-knowledge of God. Look in John 16, verse 13, what Jesus says. Here he says, "When, when the Holy Spirit comes, look here in verse 13. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. And there's so many other passages where the, where the Scripture talks about the Holy Spirit. Let me just say, God knows it all. He knows the beginning before the ending. And, and, and He knows the ending before the beginning. He, just ha- he knows it all. And through the power of the Holy Spirit as an ambassador, when we move out as ambassadors for Christ, we have a huge advantage. We have the all-powerful God moving through us by way of the Holy Spirit. We have His presence with us wherever we go. He'll never, He's he's with us always. And we can tap the knowledge of God through the influence of the Holy Spirit and the ministry of the Holy Spirit can speak a word into our life in in behalf of others. That's an advantage. Amen? Amen. How many of you are catching the advantage we've got? Amen? That's pretty exciting to me. And uh, in fact, Sunday, we're going to talk about this some more. Uh, And so you may hear a couple of things that sound familiar Sunday morning. I'll kind of, I'm giving you the, Uh, The details Sunday morning I'm just going to give them the big shotgun spray Uh, But uh, hey uh, In fact let's just be praying Sunday morning that God would touch our people And they'd begin to uh, embrace The Holy Spirit in their life As the great advantage For our ambassadorship That we have Okay, Now here we go Turn in your Bible to Corinthians if you're not there Here we go We're going to walk through 1st and 2nd Corinthians I thought this would be cool tonight We're going to just walk through There's there's 12, there's 12 direct references to the Holy Spirit in 1 and 2 Corinthians. Now, probably a lot of different uh, you know, inferences, but I'm just going to go through them. Some of them I'll just briefly comment on. But I just want to show you this when you, when you, uh, from the Corinthian church standpoint. When Paul said to the church there in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 5, He said, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit as your guarantee. We go back and look at his his writings to the Corinthians, and he is is weaving the advantage and and the benefit of the Holy Spirit in this church's life into their fabric. And, And you know what? They really needed help. <laughs> I mean, you really need help. We really need help, and you're going to see this. And they and and and, uh, and these verses. Some of them I'll just mention. Some of them I'll just share a little more about. But it helps us kind of. Get into the mind of the Spirit, if you will, and then into the mind of Paul the Apostle when he looks at this church in Corinth, which had the great potential of being hugely influential in the world, and they had issues, and he comes to them, and he begins to minister to them the importance and the priority of the Holy Spirit in their life as ambassadors for Christ. Are you ready? Here we go. Let's do it. 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, let's see, chapter uh, 2, verse 4 and 5. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 4 and 5. And again, I'm just going to read some of these and comment on them, but I love this one. Paul the Apostle, he comes and he says, uh, "Well, let's begin in verse verse 2. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now, what's, what's Jesus Christ and him crucified? That's the good news. That's, hey, that's the ministry of reconciliation. You got it? This is all, hey, this is all, he's just weaving a, a, a he's just painting a picture here. And he said, I, I, I came to you determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Big point. You've got to get this one, that Jesus Christ died for your sins. And he says this. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit, big S, and of power. You get it? I didn't come with wise words. And how many of you know Paul was a pretty smart cookie? Some people say he knew at least 33 different languages and dialects. He was, not the dumb, he, you know, he was not the dumbest guy on the block. He had head knowledge, but he, he realized that he had to crucify this. In fact, he said, you know, I, I just, I just want to know. I just want to get back to the basics here. And I didn't come to you with all my fancy speech and my human wisdom. I came to you under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And when the influence of the Holy Spirit flowed through me, there was a demonstration of God's Spirit and of power. Pause, time out, hang on a second. That's what Jesus and the Holy Spirit want to do through you. He wants to demonstrate himself in great power through you as an ambassador. (laughs) Could you get me a little drink, right? (coughs) And catch the next verse. I came to you in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power. Look at verse 5. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. There's... There's the ministry of reconciliation. There's the power of the Holy Spirit working through us. Ooh, the Holy Spirit begins to move through us and, and, and demonstrate the power. We're walking powerhouses for the kingdom of God, and we're filled with the Holy Spirit. we got the helper in us, and people begin to see that, and they don't go, ooh, Kobe man, you are powerhouse. No, they go, ooh, my faith, it puts my... It, Points me to Jesus. I'm going to put my faith in the power of God. Not in Kobe, but the power of God that moved through Kobe. Not in, in the power of God uh, uh, or, or the power of Mustia, but the power of God that moved through Mustia to touch me and to minister to me. Wow. So, hey, what's he saying to them? Look what's available to you. The demonstration of the Spirit of God is available to you now. Well, let's keep looking on. Uh, and gosh, this is a big. There's a big theme here in chapter two. But the next one is is verse six through thirteen. Uh, he because he, he's kind of hitting on the same theme. He said, "However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature." Yet, not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Now, pause. Let me just. What did that mean? The hidden wisdom, the mystery. You study the New Testament, you know what the mystery is that's been revealed? Jesus Christ and Him crucified. The gospel. Chapter 5, fast forward to 2 Corinthians 5. The ministry of reconciliation That God was in Christ Reconciling the world to himself That's the whole mystery And he's saying We're talking about a mystery here We're talking about the gospel The good news here uh, Which none of the rulers Verse 8 of, the, of this age knew For had they known They would not have crucified The Lord of glory But as it is written I has not seen Nor ear heard Nor entered the heart of man The things which God has prepared For those who loved him But catch verse 10 We're talking about the Holy Spirit But God has has revealed them to us through His Spirit. He's saying, church, listen. The helper, the Holy Spirit that came upon you, He'll reveal to you the truth of God. He will reveal His plan and purpose for your life. All the people in the past ages, they didn't get it. They don't have it. But we've got the answer to the mystery. And the Holy Spirit is opening our eyes. woo And he goes on to say, God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. Verse 10, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the the things of man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. And we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Man, what an advantage! The Holy Spirit comes and just reveals things that have been freely given to us, and that nobody and the mysteries revealed. Who? Why would anybody ever say, "Do I have to be filled with the Holy Spirit?" (laughs) No, you get to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's an advantage. Amen. So, wow, revelation. Let's, ooh, let's slip ahead. 1 Corinthians 3.16. Now, this is in the middle of a warning, but there's a great truth here. And it's, the warning is, when you get to the end of your life, you're going to stand before God and give an account for your life. And when you stand before God, uh, the Bible says that our works which are works of wood, hay and stubble will all be burned up but God's works which are silver and gold will last And so that's the context uh, and gosh I, I, I'm trying to just give you the context without having to read it all verse 14 uh, uh, it says if anyone's work which he has built on it endures he will receive a reward I and mean, if you know when you get to heaven you'll be rewarded for the work you did on uh, as an ambassador for Christ are you with me? We'll stand before God. In fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he talks about that, and we looked at that on a Sunday morning, uh, that that we'll be rewarded for the works that we do as good, faithful ambassadors. It says he'll receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. And look at verse 16. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Now, just revelation here. An ambassador for Christ, we've already hit it. This hits on his um, omnipresence. We are the temple. Now, when he told these church, they were the temple of God. How many of you know Corinth and all of that area he had all kind of understanding about temples? They were good temples, bad temples. Even for the Jews, they understood temple. But these Corinthians, who, they had all kinds of, you know, Athens and all the Greece and all throughout, Just some, you know, ungodly, unhealthy. So he's, he's tapping into their understanding of, of, of temples where they believe. He said, listen, you, do you not know that you are the temple of God? <laughs> are you kidding me? No. The Spirit of God. God lives in you by way of the Holy Spirit. What an advantage. Amen. They got it. Amen. How many of you are getting it? I'm getting it. In fact, I'm getting some of it even as I'm rereading it here. But, uh, so, hey, you're the temple of God? When they thought of temples, they thought, oh, everybody, come. hey, God lives inside me. Amen. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, here we go. Uh, look in 1 Corinthians 6.11. He's talking about uh, the context here uh, is uh, that no unrighteousness will inherit the kingdom of God. Don't be deceived, neither fornicate. And now, listen, he's addressing some of the issues in Corinth. I told you the, the Corinthian church had some issues. And he's saying you've got to know that no unrighteousness will inherit the kingdom of God do not be deceived neither fornicators this is verse 9 nor idolaters nor adulterers nor homosexuals nor sodomites nor thieves nor covetous nor drunkards nor revilers nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God and such were some of you but now this is this is liberty right here. This is liberation. Such were some of you. Now, some of them had not yet understood about abiding in Christ and Christ in them and then Christ. Such were some of you. But here's the revelation. But you were washed. But you were sanctified. These words are powerful. But you were justified. It was, it's just as if I'd never sinned. And, and now, he just addressed fornicators and idolaters and adulterers and homosexuals and sodomites and thieves he says some of you were that but guess what you've been justified that's just as like you never that had never been the case in your life and look what he says you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God now as ambassador for Christ it's a good thing to know that right there that the helper came and brings revelation and support. In fact, Titus 3.5 says, It's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but it's according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit's work in our life uh, as a, is, is progressive. How many of you realize that? Any, anybody have arrived in perfection at this moment? So as an ambassador for Christ, what's he trying to tell you? Hey, listen, the Holy Spirit you received when you got saved and the Holy Spirit you received at Pentecost and the power of the Holy Spirit moving through you, guess Is working in you, sanctifying you, purifying you, empowering you and equipping you and, and causing you to be more and more like him. Amen? That's the advantage. Amen? How many of you are glad you don't have to stay clean all by yourself? You know, most people think, in fact, uh, is it Colossians? These rules and regulations, don't touch, don't do this, don't do that. They all sound real spiritual but have no value when it comes to fighting fleshly indulgence. It's the Holy Spirit working in our life that equips us and empowers us. What a great advantage we have. that's 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And then just jump to 1 Corinthians 12. And we're going we're gonna to just kind of do a little... Uh, We'll speed up just a little bit. First Corinthians chapter 12, what's, what does Paul begin to address? The gifts of the what? The gifts of the Spirit. And oh, there's so much here. In fact, uh, you could read 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, and you'd begin to, uh, in fact, the, the church had some issues with the gifts of the Spirit. Paul wasn't coming to the church saying, hey, uh, and, and rebuking them because they were operating in the gifts of the Spirit. He was bringing some loving correction to help them understand the real purpose of the gifts of the Spirit, and you know when you look at him, he said, "They're in fact, gosh, I just I, I want to read all of this, but I don't really have time." Verse seven: The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all, for the benefit of others. God wants to manifest himself through us by the power of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit for the profit and benefit of others. And most people, again, they think of the gifts of the Spirit, you know, the church, you know, some people think the church is like a cruise ship. You know, everybody comes in, locks the doors, and we are a carnival. Anybody, how many like the carnival? Wouldn't it be great? You ever thought about the carnival? Man, I wish all these people weren't in the way and there were no lines and that they, they just we could just come in, lock the doors, and we could just all ride the rides as many times we want. That's the way a lot of people think the church is. You know, Wee-hoo-ah. you know the, the the manifestation of the Spirit through the gifts of the Spirit is not just for us; it's for the benefit of others. As an ambassador for Christ, how many think it'd be a pretty good deal to have these gifts operating in your life? The gift of prophecy, discerning of spirits, that's an important thing out in the darkness of this world as an ambassador for Christ. And so Paul's taken all of these, this, this church, and he's been, he just kind of walking them through all the benefits and blessings and and the manifestations of the Holy Spirit in their life and helping them to realize, ooh, it's to your advantage for the Holy Spirit to move through you and for the benefit of others. And so we'll move on. Let me just throw out some, uh, uh, just quickly. Uh, look in verse 3 of chapter 12. He says this, "...therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse." And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit is the validator for the lordship of Christ in our life. And so, uh, just mentioned that one. And and, uh, so, that's a benefit to the body of Christ. Hey, the Holy Spirit in my life validates the lordship of Christ in me. Uh, And then we'll move on. Verse 13 of that same uh, uh, chapter. In chapter 12, he says this. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Now, this is, again, advantage to the church. When you got born again, the Holy Spirit came. Uh, you know, there's really some, you read a couple of verses and you say, well, it says there's only one baptism, but, but uh, it's speaking of only one way into, into the family of God. Here's the three baptisms, basically. We're baptized into the body of Christ. We're baptized in water, and we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. And it says right here, the Holy Spirit baptized us into the family of God, immersed us into the family of God. Let me just, oh, I'm just going to chase a little rabbit here. People come into church and they go, I just don't feel a part. Nobody's talking to me and nobody's loving on me. And I, Man, hey, let me tell you something. You get full of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit will Thrust you into the family of God, and great power and authority, and the relationship, and the connections, and the benefits, and the and the ministry of the body of Christ will begin to come alive in you. Amen. Just a thought. Look at your neighbor. And just a thought. Tell Just a thought. Just a thought. Amen. Just a thought. Amen. Chapter uh, second. No, we're going to Second Corinthians. I'm going to hit some in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22. I won't keep you long. I've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. I'll just hit them lightly. 2 Corinthians 1, 22. Paul's trying to get the Corinthian church to embrace the reality of, and, and the benefit of the Holy Spirit in their life as, as ambassadors. Verse 22, it says this. Uh, oh, gosh. Verse 21. Now, he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God who has also sealed us. Everyone say, sealed us. He sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts. There's this word that we talked about earlier, as a guarantee. Everyone say, a guarantee. God sealed us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the cool part about this guarantee. He now gives a whole new word picture about the Holy Spirit in our life being as a seal. Now, Everybody knew the power of a seal in the days that Paul the Apostle was talking about. In fact, when Jesus died on the cross, what did the Roman government put on the the grave and on the stone? The Roman what? Seal. Which was an identifier of authority and governance and ownership Paul came to the church and he says listen God gave you the Holy Spirit as a guarantee yes a down payment but it's like God's seal of identity on you you are mine it's almost like a brand I belong to him I'm sealed amen I'm His. how many of you know that's pretty permanent what a great advantage we have in the power of the Holy Spirit in our life we've been given the seal oh chapter 3 verse 3 this is a little hard to understand but I think I got the gist 2nd Corinthians 3 3 uh, in fact, oh, I left my iPhone. I had, a, I, had, I had the, anybody got the message Bible by any slim chance, the paraphrase? I doubt it. Uh, I may butcher this. Oh, you do? You have the message? Look up verse 3 uh, uh, in the message, and when you got it, I'll come back there and get it from you. But here's what it says. It says, verse 2, you are our epistle, speaking of people, he says, you are our epistle written in hearts, known and read by men. Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. All right, you got the message pulled up there? Verse 3, this kind of cleans it up a little for me. Uh, verse 3, oh, you yourselves are, where does verse 3 start? One through three. Uh, you yourselves are all the endorsement we need. Your very lives are a letter that anyone can read by just looking at you. Christ himself wrote it, not with ink, but with God's living spirit, not chiseled in stone, but carved into a hum, in human lives, and we publish it. You know what he's saying here? Your lives, but the, the Holy Spirit in your life, listen, is, is, is telling a story. And what's the ambassadorship all about? It's about telling a story. It's the testimony of God and the Holy Spirit in our lives. God writes it by His Spirit in our life. He gives us a testimony and and a story. Everybody tell somebody, we've got a story to tell. We're living epistles in our lives, and the Holy Spirit wrote it on our hearts. And we've got a story to tell, and the Holy Spirit emblazoned it on our lives, not on tablets of stone, but on the tablets of flesh. That is, on the heart. He's written our story on his heart. Whoo, I've been clean. I've been washed. I've been sanctified, justified, just as if I'd never sinned. He picked me up and and brushed me off and cleaned me up and gave me a brand-new heart, and now I belong to him. I am sanctified. I'm a son of God, a daughter of God, a child of God, a member, and an ambassador for Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit working through my life. Amen. Verse 6 of that same, uh, let's look in verse 4. And we have such trust through Christ toward God, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. We're ministers of the Spirit. Not of letters and things that kill and laws and regulations, but of the message of grace through the power of the Holy Spirit. Look in verse 17 and verse 18. I love this one. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's what? There's liberty, there's freedom. You see, everywhere we go, as ambassadors for Christ, filled with the Holy Spirit, it brings liberty in people's lives. There's the capacity for freedom where the Spirit of the Lord is. There's liberty. And what are we endeavoring? In fact, what did Jesus say? His first message in, in, uh, is it Luke chapter 4? He picks up the, the scrolls and he reads from Isaiah. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel and, and bring liberty to those who are bound. You see, that's the same with us as ambassadors for Christ. We have God's presence and power and liberty, uh, uh, liberating power moving through us where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And then look at the next verse. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being what? Look at it, verse 18, are being what? transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, this is power-packed here for all the ambassadors we hit on it in one of the others, but hey, that word transformed is a a Greek, uh, I can't exactly say the word, but I can give you the whole, uh, uh, how many of you understand the word metamorphosis? Anybody know anything that goes through a process of metamorphosis? The little caterpillar turns into a beautiful what? Butterfly. You know, in fact, I read something the other day, the little caterpillar, there's nothing in the caterpillar that, sh- that shows butterfly. Now, this is a great picture. There's nothing in the caterpillar. You would think, for all the evolutionists out there, that there had to be some little secret wings under them little squiggly worms somewhere. There's nothing in the caterpillar, as a caterpillar, that shows butterfly. Butterfly. But the process of metamorphosis takes place. That's my best example of a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. <laughs> and Paul says the Spirit of God, the Helper, produces within us a metamorphosis and there's nothing in old sam other than i mean old sam had though he was created in the image of god sin perverted his life but the process of transformation has begun in me you see i'm justified instantaneously thank you jesus but I'm sanctified in a process. And the Holy Spirit is continuing his work in us. And he says, you need to understand something, Corinthian church. You're in the middle of a process. Understand this. Hey, the Spirit of the Lord is in you. He's bringing liberty. You, 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 you ought to be moving into more liberty day by day and bringing that liberty to a world that is in need of the liberty. And guess what? As we behold his face, as we fix ourselves in him, as uh, he said in 2 Corinthians 5, in his him, guess what? We are being changed, transformed into the same image from glory to glory. That means level to level, even by the Holy Spirit of God. What a powerful verse. Amen. How many of you know that's the advantage? Let me give you one more. It's the one we began with, and it's back in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 5, and we'll close once again. Now he who prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. We're guaranteed by the power of the Holy Spirit moving through our life that everything's going to turn up roses in the end. It's going to be great. As an ambassador for Christ, we have a great advantage by allowing the Holy Spirit to operate and move not only to us but through us. That's why Paul told the Galatian church in Galatians chapter 5, walk in the Spirit. Everyone say, walk in, Spirit. walk in the Spirit. You see, the the interesting thing about the Holy Spirit, Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit as a He, as a person. And so understand something. It's not some mystical, weird, bizarre. You know, hey, it's God manifesting himself to us and through us as the helper, the comforter. Come alongside and help us as ambassadors for Christ. Let's stand together tonight. And I want to encourage you to do something as we finish up this session tonight. I want to encourage us all. Just for the next moment or two, just embrace the influence of the Holy Spirit in your life. As a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit in your life, but as a Christian, you also have the opportunity to be filled with the Holy Spirit. As the first century church was there in Acts chapter 2 and in many different places, at least five other places in Acts where the Holy Spirit was poured out on the church. To empower the church as ambassadors for Christ. Father tonight we embrace your influence in our life through the power of the Holy Spirit I want to encourage each of us just to once again say Lord fill me afresh with the Holy Spirit in my life as an ambassador for Christ empower me equip me and Lord as we read in the early verses of 1 Corinthians Lord manifest yourself through us With great power. Where people around us put their wisdom, put their trust in the power of God. Fill us with the Holy Ghost. Fill us, come on, lift your voice just a minute. Let's just stir ourselves up. Lord, fill us with the Holy Spirit and power in our life. As an ambassador for Christ, we want to embrace the great advantage we have. In knowing that, Lord, we have access to your omnipotence, all your power, your omnipresence uh, with us all the time, your omniscience. You know it all, Lord. And we thank you, Lord. And We embrace the ambassador's advantage in our life. In Jesus' name.